Be it politics, personal drama, or buried bodies, history has a way of coming back to make an appearance. We see evidence of this every day, and we're even warned about it. But sometimes history has little mysteries that we think we'll never solve. And sometimes, when we do, the truth is even crazier than anything that anyone could have imagined. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1979 discovery of a body in a cave that was identified in 2019 by none other than genealogy testing. In 1979, a family was exploring the civil defense caves in Idaho. They were looking for arrowheads, but their day took a turn when they found something a lot more disturbing. There, in the ground, was a burlap sack. Or so it appeared. In reality, what they found was a headless torso. At the time, police believed that the body was placed in there in the 60s, but no further back than that. And for a long while, there wasn't much to know about this guy. But then, 12 years passed, and this time, a little girl was exploring the cave. She was playing the role of adventurer when she found a hand. This caught police attention again, so a team was called in to search the rest of the cave. Local anthropologists were able to find his missing limbs, and they realized that they had some DNA on their hands. They partnered with the DNA Doe Project, hoping to find out who this guy was and what he did to end up dismembered like that. No one was expecting the results. While we've heard plenty of stories about DNA databases showing fast matches and solving crimes, this was a little more complicated than that. See, the DNA search, which took over 2,000 hours just to somewhat narrow down, originally yielded over 30,000 genetic matches. As you can imagine, this complicated things. But... They were then able to cut that list down to a couple hundred people. Now, you might be wondering why there were so many matches and how this was even possible. Well, first, the estimates regarding his timeline were very wrong. The man was later found to have been in the cave since 1916, not the 60s. And that wasn't all. This man was the child of some of the original Latter-day Saints, and more importantly, they were polygamists. Research would show that there was a lot of blood relatives, and things were even more confusing because some of the relatives also married one another. This point of confusion, because DNA matches get complicated when family marries family, meant that narrowing down his identity was really difficult. But points for team science because these experts figured it out. 
they managed to follow his DNA line all the way down to a living grandson who was nice enough to give them his DNA to confirm his identity. The man in the cave's name was Joseph Henry Loveless. At least, that was one of his names. Yes, we've got another guy with a bunch of aliases, and we all know what that means. This guy was bad news. When police and anthropologists were working together to identify this man, they thought they were looking for a murder victim. And that was true. Using absolutely no science, I think we can all agree that this guy probably didn't chop up his own body and hide it in a cave. But the reality was a lot more interesting than that. This was not your typical victim. He wasn't just some guy. He was a known criminal who was wanted for several crimes. His most recent? Bludgeoning his second wife to death with an axe. But with Joseph Henry Loveless, there's a lot to unpack. Loveless went by a variety of names, presumably because he was just a lifelong criminal and was constantly kind of on the run. Loveless was known as Walter Guerin, Karens, Curran, Currens, and for a little variety, Charles Smith. During his reign of terror, he did a lot of bad things. He started fairly easy, as far as we know. His first criminal act was abandoning his first wife and their child, consequently failing to support them in an age when they definitely needed his support. At the time, the year was 1899. After abandoning his first wife, he found love, I guess, a second time in the form of Agnes Caldwell. They had several children together, but Loveless got a taste for living dangerously, so he jumped into none other than bootlegging. Since it was illegal, he was arrested, and his arrest would pave the way for several of his crimes. Throughout his lifetime, Loveless escaped from prison multiple times. Rumor said everything from using a saw to cut his way out of jail and hijacking a train to impossible escapes that no one can quite explain. Whatever the truth was, the fact remains that he got arrested several times and managed to escape every single time. But his crimes escalated. In 1916, he and Agnes were living under the names Charles and Ada Smith. The town folk believed that they were bootleggers, but there was nothing too certain. What we do know is that something most definitely went wrong between them. Because on May 5th, Agnes was found dead. She had been brutally bludgeoned to death with an axe after returning home late from a night of dancing in the nearby city. So who did they think did it? Joseph Henry Loveless, just by a different name. As you might expect, he was arrested. But as we all know, being arrested was a temporary thing for Loveless. By this point, I'm not sure they could have kept him in jail unless they kept guards on him at all times. 
While it was certainly a testament to his ingenuity, it really wasn't the most impressive thing. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, prisons weren't quite what they are today. Just like he had before, Loveless managed to saw his way through the bars of his jail cell and he disappeared into the night. This time, he was never seen again, and I think it's safe to assume that most people just thought he slipped off with another alias. But from what I can tell, Loveless finally found the kind of prison that he couldn't escape. A shallow grave in a cave as the victim of a horrible crime, not unlike the one that he had just committed. The reality is that we don't know how many crimes Joseph Henry Loveless committed in his life. We don't know why he killed his wife or why he was constantly fleeing jail. And we have no idea who killed him, just that it was probably a really good thing they did. Whether someone was avenging his wife or was just another criminal stumbling across a not-so-innocent victim, Loveless got the ending that a lot of people believed that he deserved. But there was a sad note to this story. His son, at only eight years old, knew his dad well enough. He knew his history. So, when asked, he told police, and I quote, Papa never stayed in jail very long. He'll soon be out. And I just have to wonder how long that little boy believed that was true. How many years passed with him thinking that his dad was going to show up? And did he think that he was just abandoned when he didn't? I found myself wondering if he was afraid his dad would come back, or quietly hopeful in some way. He was pretty young to understand what was going on, and something tells me he didn't grow up in a very normal home. Maybe, just maybe, some other family will find something in the cave that tells us who killed Loveless, and why. Until then, we'll just have to sit back and wait. So, if you want to discuss cave exploration, how to escape from prison, or criminals getting true crimed, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys.